0: Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And I'm your host, Gary Turner. I'm also the founder of HexoChange. And HexoChange is a transformational change practice dedicated to helping you connect yourself to others and to systems at large in a more meaningful way, thus helping us turn around our workplace and planetary challenges and accelerating how alive we all feel in every aspect of our lives. This track is called Kaleidoscope and was created for me personally and for HexoChange by Peter Griffiths, one half of the amazing Mind Takeaway. I hope you enjoy this exploration and please do share it on your social platforms so we can bring more humanity to more people. Hope to speak to you soon. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity, and we are boosted by humans first and grateful to have founder Mike Vacanti with us today. And we also have another awesome human being in Brian Kelly, who is President and Human Connection Officer. Got to learn more about that, Brian. of Brian Kelly uh, Leadership Coaching is also a regular contributor to Biz Catalyst and does a whole range of other amazing things through his giving nature. Welcome to the podcast, Brian.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Darren and Mike. Great to be here.
0: Fantastic. It's good to have you with us. Would you mind just giving, a, giving our audience a, a bit more of an overview? So actually, you know, where has this human connection officer um, emerged from, and why does that matter to you so much, Brian?
1: So it emerges from what I didn't feel when I was working in corporate, right? And so it's, there's, um, I, had this, I felt disconnected and incongruent there. And so part of it was my personal journey and relationship with vulnerability that shifted um, a bit later when I uh, got into coaching. And part of it was just this incongruence about uh, kind of get it done, command and control. It uh, doesn't matter you know, how we get it done and who we might run over in the process or um, the whole dynamic of the workforce that I was in did not have this sense of connection and that people mattered. And so I was born of that. Um, and and this wanting to kind of help create better through people. And so um, when I finally connected to that as um, how I wanted to contribute, um, and someone held a mirror up to me to help me see that, because I've seen it throughout my life, mainly through sports and how I showed up there as a coach on the field and the leader, um, and being about we instead of me kind of thing, that's always been part of who I was. But uh, the work I do now to unleash human greatness, to create better, that all um, has evolved over the last several years where I've gotten more connected to myself. So the connection officer, I think, um, comes back to uh, how I help people connect with themselves and how how I help them connect to uh, what matters to them um, and how they want to show up in the world. So it's not just having a job, it's having something uh, to uh, contribute to that matters. And when we have that meaning attached to how we choose to contribute, um, there's a different energy and a different impact that we can create.
0: It's, it's so, so, Brian, I just thank you for sharing so vulnerably so early. And I just think what you've just described, I'm sure for so many of our listeners, as it was for me, that, that, that moment of tension, that realization that there really is a better way. But sometimes we can feel trapped, can't we? I'm just wondering what your what your journey was, you know, what was that pivot point for you? At what point did you suddenly go, aha, oh my God. You know, was there a particular moment or sequence of moments to that that realization for you?
1: So I guess it was just generally the experience and work, but just being a strategic person, for instance, right? So um, there was this uh, kind of stay in your lane kind of mentality, Um, do your thing. And when I moved from IT to, to HR, It was interesting when I first got there they had this they formed this sort of culture committee which is something I like joining for the learning experience and hopefully the opportunity to make a difference but it was so interesting to see how siloed each of the different departments were and how that's why we were having this culture committee created but I had just joined from IT I'm like oh great this is sort of in my niche my wheelhouse it's a way to get to know everybody and um and so I'm like okay great there's an opportunity to contribute here this is um i have ideas i can bring to this and it was ironic how um human resources which in my mind thinks all right human resources we're supposed to be the connective tissue to the organization its people and to help create better through people and how that organization had so much challenge working with each other to do that
0: so what's coming up for you mike around that well, I, I I
2: think Brian hit it really really well. Is is you know we look at at how those silos orchestrate to their own end. They there's very little thought in the connectivity to the whole, and you know in that lies a great oppor- great opportunity. I think that you know Brian speaks about moving from IT to HR. You know you get you get certainly a different view from that chair, but all of the the comprehensive systems that sit in hr only perpetuate those silos there there's nothing in play to to break them down and connect them and i and i think you know brian's expressed so well you know the opportunity there to 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 jump in and start making that positive change
0: I love that so much because one, one of the things that I've seen um, Brian in my own career many, many times is actually there's this interesting you actually had an organization which had the progressive mindset enough to allow you inverted commas to switch departments which in and of itself is quite unusual. Um, yeah, it almost fell over, unfortunately, once you'd made the move. And I'm just really intrigued. I know you're doing a lot of work around sort of action learning, action action sets. I'd love for you to maybe speak a little bit about that work that you're looking to bring to the world and how that is actually, in your, in your view, could actually help with this better connection within organizations.
1: So it's interesting. I'll, I'll talk first to, uh, there were, that's what I did in HR was I was a program manager to um, integrate, the college analysts into IT initially, right? So they got to experience different departments, different roles for a period of 18 months. And then they would be, uh, based on the needs of the organization, there would be a, a process to, to have them um, transition into a full-time role. And so there were certain pockets where that did happen. Um, and so in terms of the dynamic there, it was awesome in terms of getting, uh, giving the new uh, employees, the um, people coming off the college campus an opportunity to experience different uh, roles mm-hmm. the challenge became um, the in the implementation and execution to some extent um, and so with the action this leads me into the action circles that I've uh, started creating now with small groups of eight and right now they will I guess we'd call them public because there's no intact teams although that's an evolution that will be happening in terms of getting teams together to focus on something that they might move forward with together um, it's about moving from insight to impact and learning. So we have all these, whether it's within an organization and the learning that you've known because that's the culture, you kind of know that's the way it's been or, and you see what the need is, but you don't feel like you have a voice to to kind of influence that. Um, It's helping to to get people to move to that next step for um, creating greater impact, no matter what that is for you, right? So if it's, creating a new course for a a, a facilitator or a learner or it's um, a new exercise routine, it it doesn't really matter what that is, but if we get committed, motivated people that just need a little bit of a nudge to move forward to create better for themselves and focus just initially on the next step in combination with sort of the vision of where they want to go, the direction then we can start to create ripple effects from where we are. So we can do that either as um, uh, public groups of eight, and right now we've started with the Humans First community and so um, to get sort of a pilot going there. But I've had conversations with people in education and different industries that see a value for helping to move the, um, the work they're trying to do forward in terms of trying to create better there. And so that's the excitement of it. It's this notion of taking insight to Uh, greater impact through intentional purposeful action. And so the way we would do that is we start with a catalyst and the catalyst, uh, as I'm calling it, is really any learning experience. So far, those learning experiences have been my we can do better conversations, which were born out of the humans first community that we have and the conversations we have there and wanting to bring it to more people because it's great that the 30 or 50 or however many people were able to make a given conversation during the week, get to experience that. Uh, But how about everybody else? And so how do we have diverse, inclusive conversations around topics that matter with regard to bringing humanity to a different place um, and doing it together to create better? How can we um, help people see the things that we're seeing and at least be introduced to it? Um, And then maybe the community grows then the conversation and the learning grows. So that's all great. The next thing that I've been um, excited about and kind of trying to figure out how best to do this, and this is how the Action Circles were born, is how do we move forward and take action to create better? And how do we help others do that in a community where there's accountability built in, and there's uh, support to doing that for each other, with and for each other? And I can talk about creating better with and for each other. And that's the thing. It's, it's both it's doing it for yourself but also being a voice that helps people the other people on the group see differently so they can create better from what they're trying to create greater impact for because they've got a new way to look at it that they may not have had before that helps them in that next step and then it's a journey that we go on for eight weeks together to build relationships and to actually um, have eight versions of new impact and then perhaps continue on if people want to do that there's that framework of flexibility that says hey we've done this great I'm jazzed about it I've done uh, some great things I've helped contribute to other people doing great things hey maybe we want to continue the cohort and move forward together and so this togetherness and relationship and community that forms here too is the other aspect that I'm excited about because we get to better together and when we create uh, these Uh, new levels of relationship for those that may already know each other or new and different relationships that help us see differently. I think that helps us get get where we want to go directionally. Um, Even though the how piece of we may be doing that and the what may be different, the intention is the same.
0: So powerful. So powerful. I just love this, uh, this action piece. And Mike, it's something that you've been speaking about as well within the humans. It's just amazing how this This connectivity to come back to to this point of connection how amazing is that the communities are morphing and sort of setting up you know side side communities that are all coming back to this real heart yeah that we all really believe in better I just think it's amazing
1: yeah and I was thinking about this too Gary in terms of you're talking about connection and um, how do we get to connection if we don't go first through vulnerability and kind of opening up right so vulnerability sort of uh, ignites connection it's a sort of a foundation for connection um, with ourselves and then with others how can we lead um effectively how can you know this is the journey i went through in terms of my story with vulnerability i'm going through georgetown becoming a coach going through it loving it um wanted to do that for a little while especially after uh, my friend kind of held up a mirror and said you should go down this process um i see this in you you know um What do you think? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, My journey with vulnerability was I was struggling when I was going through the program. And so I had to figure out what was getting in my way because I knew I wanted to go into um, people and team development and helping to create better. But I was struggling with finding out what was getting in my way. And it was my relationship with vulnerability. There was this element of disconnection back to your question earlier, Gary. What did I see that kind of made me want to go into this? It was disconnection and there was coming back to my Georgetown story, it was personal disconnection from who I was. And it was disconnection from what lit me up, what held meaning for me, hope, those kind of things, right? And so uh, now that's what I help people connect with so they can ignite belief and create better and unleash their human greatness to create better and then do that with and for other people. And that's how we go from one too many to many more and create these ripple effects and so um the excitement i have around this is what i see happening with humans first and this uh multiple time zone access points for us to have conversation and create community and create better together and so my vision is i'm we're starting these we started them last month but i see having these in every time zone with champions who have gone through the uh action circle process that raise their hand and say, you know what, I want to do this. I want to, because at some point, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself in terms of doing the facilitation and the contract. But it's loosely held. It's a loosely held framework that can be easily shared and brought to other people. And any, it's, it's flexible. It can happen in any uh, part of the world, in any industry. And it's really just about having a design that has a direction and energy that helps us create better Together, and so that's what gets me excited about it. But I think this whole vulnerability connection back to connection is foundational. It's it's sort of how um, we connect to other people and how leaders can connect to the people so they can lead from a um, a better place, a more inclusive place, a uh, from a place of having a broader perspective. And then it's also individually how we connect and unleash sort of what's more the connective tissue to our soul and getting back to who we authentically are, as opposed to who uh, we think we need to be or who others may want us to be, those external expectations. Because in my experience, that's typically what's getting in the way. And so my processes are generally about how to remove those layers and get back to that, that uh, person that you've always been that may have gotten sidetracked by the layers of life.
2: You know, Gary, I, you, we've talked before and we've had many of these conversations, but I, you know, I often say that, the, you know, with the vulnerability is so key and the powerful first step any leader can take is to ch- change a previous decision, right? I mean, there's the act of vulnerability just to say, um, I am going to forgo self-protectionism, and i'm going to open up to explore new possibilities is a great act of vulnerability and somehow we've you know poured it out that you know you have to take down all of your walls and you have to completely you know transform as a as a as a human or as an individual and that's not the reality right when we're in business environment if we can open ourselves up to get away from the Prove. Prove what we've already decided. Prove what we're doing currently. Prove that you should follow this current path. You know, those are the things that block innovation. And if we look at improve, then the necessity to innovate, to improve, is psychological safety. So you can explore all the ideas that are available from the experiences of of the the collective of the room um and then that great act of vulnerability is just to decide that we're going to do something new that we're going to open up the floor to everybody all those different perspectives and those experiences and and so the great question comes you know when when we move people down that path and we have these discussions like you know we've been doing for a year and a half within humans first and you know accelerating it across the globe with with different groups of people in different time zones the question then naturally rises is what do we do next now that we have these conversations going how do we you know how do we move this into into action and the trick there and i think brian is addressing this well it can't be one way for everybody because now we're going back to that self-protectionism. We're closing the doors. We're being prescriptive to say, you know, quick, everybody through this one, um, you know, head of the needle, right? So we're, we're trying to thread the masses through a, a, a single small loop. And, you know, we've already discovered that has been the barrier that's not the answer.
0: It's so interesting. Brian. I'd I'd love to explore with you. So, like, I'd love, love the three of us, three men, having a conversation about vulnerability, which I think, in and of itself, is great, and it's a it's a great message to anybody that would be kind enough to join us. But I think you know we're, we're rightly challenging. Like, how do we reach, in your opinion, Brian? How do we reach those people that maybe are, like I was several years ago, afraid of emotion? Maybe they're just not used to role modeling it. Maybe they're holding on to stories. Now, what are some of the things that maybe people can gain in terms of being part of these action learning groups that maybe might help them build that muscle safely? Is that, is that part of what you're trying to achieve with with the groups?
1: It is, and I like your, your language, too, about building the muscle. I use that often in terms of building your noticing muscle, which is part of uh, self-awareness. And um, it is about um, making... It's choosing to look at vulnerability different, right? So we've been conditioned a certain way in terms of, uh, and I talk about this. I've, I'm a co author of a book that's going to be coming out in the next month or so, uh, Becoming You Stories of Kurds uh, and Vulnerability. And I talk about this notion of men don't show emotions and this notion that um, vulnerability is weakness that I kind of grew up with and believed. And um, we've got to change that. And so there's movements now that are, you know, uh, that are happening right now, especially with, around with men and their, their uh, view of vulnerability. And it's just like with anything else, with a leader that wants to do it their own way, or even with me with the action circles. Um, one example of you know, not trying to orchestrate that I, that I did is you know, the accountability piece, right? So there's eight people I could have said, you know pair, personally paired up people and said, this is the way we're gonna do accountability, but I didn't. And some people needed it, which is fine, but that then encouraged them to ask for what they needed. I just said, we have got a team that you can access. You've got uh, seven other people on the team that you can create one-on-one relationships with with as you go through the process. And so there was a direction and an expectation of, or an invitation, I should say. It's more of an invitation for uh, accountability as we go through this process um, during our eight weeks together. But it wasn't like, this is what accountability looks like. And it's the same thing for leaders. If this is the only way that I see, then the only value I'm going to be able to bring is through the lens that I see. And so that's why um, I talk about my work as helping people see differently and expanding that lens because uh, it's more inclusive. It's more rich. It gets uh, us to have conversations that are more inclusive and diverse that help us get to better solutions. And that's why better together is always going to be better. It's always going to be different in terms of, people's perspectives and their experiences informing um, how we get to better. And so the vulnerability and how do we get people to look at, it's through stories, more stories, and people you know, um, sharing their stories, and particularly men, I would say, in terms of trying to get more men to think of vulnerability differently, because I think the way, the conditioning maybe that many of us, in my generation anyway, um, and maybe older generations thought is, there's gender expectations, right? And now as we've evolved as a society, those have shifted a little bit. And they're not, they're not the same as our grandparents' generation kind of thing in terms of how we looked at that. And, um, and so how do we get to um, acceptance? And how do we get to seeing differently about people that are not like us? All that relates back to being vulnerable with not having to have the comfort of like me at least the way we've known it, what I always invite is a different definition of like me to include as a baseline human. If we start there, then like me expands by, by definition, not by ethnicity, race, whatever demographic that you might put on a uh, application or some kind of a uh, identification form as you're going through uh, life in terms of different aspects of you. Let's start with human and make like me more human. And that requires vulnerability. It requires us to not have to have others be like us. It requires us to get curious about, hmm, someone comes from a different experience. What is that like? What is the culture like there? What are the um, things that are valued there, right? And gets to values differences. And, um, And embracing those and learning about those so that we can enrich and extend conversations and then take action with that enrichment that help us create better.
2: You know, Gary, I really like where Brian takes that, right? Because it 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 becomes expansive really quickly when you start looking at, you know, different cultures, different environments, different age groups, you know, different experiences. And I and I think that those perspectives really do play in. And you know, we talk about the gender piece, and that certainly is breaking patterns and behaviors because there's you know been such significant gender influence through history. Um, but there's also a belief piece to that that's interesting, right? So I, I would say that, you know, there's certainly a, a gender divide there, and there's new learning and, and new opportunities to, to open up from, from a male standpoint. But there's also as much or greater resistance in the intellect space. So, those that are science based and, and intellects, and those that are, um, you know, sitting inside think tanks and universities um, with their, their bent on long term study and empirical data, and there's this no better belief system that they operate on that also depends on invulnerability. And they also are um I think very adherent to the to the stoic world where you don't show emotions, we're all very intelligent, rational people that are operating off of, you know, proven science and empirical data. And I think that mindset is as big of a challenge for us as the as the you know gender definitions.
1: I love that, Mike, and, and it gets to the definition of it, right? It's like we're not thinking beings that are emotional; we're emotional be- beings with the capacity to think yeah. and have a beliefs and choose our belief system, our values, and our mindsets. And so, part of it is is kind of questioning the and choosing differently maybe who we listen to and and listening to people that are willing to be vulnerable and share their stories and that's the whole thing with vulnerability and and connection how was I going to be a coach when i was back in jordan if i couldn't have a healthy relationship with vulnerability which i was going to need to ask my clients or invite my clients into in order for them to learn uh and grow and create better uh, by being more vulnerable and connecting better with their people, and so there's this notion of um, that you're bringing up here about uh, think tanks and the, you know, the, the stoicism and kind of reinforcing what we've learned over the years or generationally and um, gender based or otherwise, this belief system we've sort of um, uh, adopted, and especially in those circles of think tanks that you're talking about what voices aren't being heard becomes my question. I get curious about what we're not hearing rather than what we are. And how do we see differently? Obviously I'm looking at seeing differently. So I'm like, well, whose voices might have a different way of looking at this that might us, might invite us into a different direction. And then that's where the brilliance of humans first in that community is. Uh, you've given us that, that space. You helped create that. You've created that space for us to have those conversations where we can not know the answer and not have the way to do it, but invite different ways to think about that that get us to energy and contribution that is different, that helps us create better. Because the same thinking that got us there as you're kind of pointing us to is not going to get us where we need to go. Uh, and that's, that's clear. And, and you've said that several times, it's not desirable sustainable to keep doing things the way we've been doing. And so how do we get there without looking at Um, the opportunity differently and creating new possibilities for how we can be together and it starts with connectedness interconnectedness Uh, i talk about one global human community sort of the grand vision under which all of this kind of um plays for me and and now you throw nature from our conversation earlier today on the humans first call nature and interconnectedness not just with human beings but with nature and it takes it to a whole nother level and So how we choose to be and act going forward, if that's not in congruence with what's best for others and with nature and our planet and preserving that, then we haven't learned a whole lot.
0: So so good, Brian. Do you know something? I just want those that might be listening to us now as well. You know, we want to reach those harder to reach people. They might be sitting there going, "Yeah, this is all great connection, vulnerability." You know, I'm terrified. You know, is it going to drive business results? Yes, it does. Um, there's plenty of options. I've done it in my own work organization. You've got firms of endearment from Rastasodia. You've got a whole range of different examples out there. But I think I'd love to come to you, Mike. Like, we've got so much evidence of the value of DNI. You know, I've got evidence of the importance of being more human. Yet it's still not widespread, and that's what we're seeing more and more in the Humans First conversation. What, where do you think some of the maybe senior leaders or C suites of this world today still get stuck, such that they can't quite bring themselves to step into this conversation? Or how do we invite them in?
2: You know, I, I, I think we have to really understand that a lot of people that are elevated into you know, positions of authority are just as afraid as all the rest of us and you know the sure way to to um shield yourself against you know the unknown or uncertainty which is the condition we try to avoid most of all Um, although we're all living right in the middle of that condition now and nobody has the answer Um, so i i think shielding yourself against that that uncertainty is is We create patterns around us, and we command very prescriptively. Um, We use our authority to command compliance to the idea or the strategy that we've put in place. And that is the great myth, is we think that if we can drive everyone across the finish line, that we've completed our job, that we've done our task. And we've met the expectations that are out there from, you know, shareholders or, you know, other stakeholders. And in reality, what we learn and we see many stories. I have personal stories in my work journey. We look at, you know, Gary Ridge, Bob Chapman, many of the others that are proving a different way. Um, you know, companies like Southwest Airlines and Patagonia, and you know, we can go on and, and many of those get listed frequently. Um, we talked to Tom, right. Who, um, 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 Vanderloo, who, you know, who, who, who takes a very different approach and, and has a, you know, a great proof story. But the idea is people can cross the finish line in full stride, real refreshed with, you know, energy and breath in their lungs. And, you know, it's not like we have to, trip over ourselves and stumble and die at the end of the finish line, which is the way that strategy is set up right now. Um, So there is just this opportunity to let go of the fear of uncertainty and look at the examples that we can bring everybody across the finish line with energy refreshed for the journey ahead rather than, um, you know, Piled up in a in a heap of exhaustion at the at the end because we've whipped the horse you know all the way into the
0: stable. Yeah, Brian, as we as we start to start to wind up this wonderful conversation today, I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about the book. So give, give our kind listeners a little bit more of an overview. How did that book come into being, and uh, what are you hoping that you achieve through through that book coming into the uh, the ether?
1: So uh, it came about uh, as an invitation from our friend, Caroline Fernandez to join a group of people that are uh, simply putting out their stories around uh, vulnerability and curves, their own life stories uh, to do exactly sort of what you're uh, inviting us into is help people uh, think differently and see differently around vulnerability and to um, disassociate it with whatever um, negative connotation you might have of it and to make it more, a relationship back to it being human because that's what it is vulnerability is human it's part of who we are and so suppressing that doesn't do us any good um and it doesn't help us unleash our human greatness so the book um and we're uh, gonna continue to evolve it it's actually going to be our personal stories um and a vulnerability and it's going to be a, we're going to go a little deeper and actually provide some of the feelings around that and get really vulnerable with um how what how what were we feeling during during these times and and our stories and um what was it that we were missing and needing and what is the awareness that looking back with the um benefit of uh, hindsight what was going on there and and getting really um connected to uh, what was happening the feelings and um the beauty of something like vulnerability and struggle right is in the moment it can be really difficult right But when we go back and tell our stories like this, that's where the richness is. That's where the ability to connect and feel and um, understand the human element that is so common to all of us. We all have struggle. And if we can reach people through this book and and help them uh, connect with their own vulnerability and have that um, maybe frame it differently for them so that they step into the strength that is vulnerability, that becomes uh, enormously impactful for the possibility we have to create better and to create the, the, the future state uh, the, the individually we want, but also uh, the world and the direction we need to go. Because we need to break the pattern, as Mike's pointing us to, that has gotten us here. Because what got us here is not going to get us where we need to go. It's more relationship, connectivity, seeing one another um, as commonly human, but uniquely brilliant at the same time. And so uh, it's this notion of new reality is where we're going. And how do we get to new reality with the same mindsets, thinkings, and behaviors that got us to the current reality? And so uh, this notion of normal doesn't exist this uh, notion of perfectly abnormal, which is gonna be uh, something we'll, uh, that'll be the next episode of the We Can Do Better conversation. Um, what if we are all perfectly abnormal and we're just looking at this whole notion of how we be in a way that's just so limiting instead of expansive, right? Um, what if it's just cool to be abnormal? And what if we've actually always been perfectly abnormal just in our own unique ways? And so the book I hope just helps people embrace their vulnerability um, and to really see differently about what's possible for them, how they can build connection through that vulnerability with themselves and a greater understanding of themselves, but also with others and to uh, see new possibilities for their life that are not an either or proposition of doing something that you're good at and that you love and has meaning for you. But what is that intersection of something that is meaningful and that you love and you're good at. And that's sort of the journey I'm on, is to help people connect with their unique brilliance in a way that allows them to unleash their human greatness. But it's about igniting belief. And Mike taught Mike's book, Believership, right? And it's it's about igniting belief and getting people to um, maybe let go of beliefs that no longer serve them and realizing that they can choose their own chapter that they write, the next chapter that they write and you know, getting to that next step in their journey um, is something they have the pen to write. And so if we can help people uh, have a healthier relationship with vulnerability and move in the direction of um, realizing that they are not just good enough, but they're uniquely brilliant and have uh, a unique and amazing contribution to bring to this world, we're gonna, we're gonna create this new reality and it's gonna be one that serves us and the planet and it's going to be amazing and I'm just
0: grateful to be on this journey with the both of you beautiful brian it's been an absolute joy mike anything else to, any passing comment before we wrap up today
2: i think this is just uh really good thank you for inviting me in to dive to dive through it
0: amazing brian how can people find you i think they're really going to be keen to get in contact with you and thank you for role modeling vulnerability on this podcast as well it's great 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 to see you in here
1: Thank you, Gary and Mike, for having me today. Uh, The best ways would be uh, LinkedIn and then um, my website, which is com. I'm on all the social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. LinkedIn is probably the best in addition to my website.
0: Amazing. And do do make sure you connect with Brian. He's a regular at uh, the Humans First Conversations, an amazing contributor and uh, a guy with a very big heart. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian. And uh, until next time, Thanks for joining us on this podcast. See you soon, guys. Hi there, Gary Turner, your podcast host, just wrapping up this really rich conversation with Brian Kelly and Mike Vacanti today. just wanted to share a few of the final reflections that I took away in case helpful for you. And thanks so much for joining us um, in this discussion. First of all, I really, really loved when Brian shared that what if we are all perfectly abnormal? Just a brilliant, brilliant reflection, I think. And when we think about topics such as inclusion and how do we try and ensure that every voice and every person is seen and is able to contribute to you know, an organisational system, for example, um, if we come at it from that lens of we're all perfectly abnormal surely that speaks to celebrating difference to intentionally designing our structures around our people making sure that every voice is able to feed in if we can come at it from the point that everybody is perfectly abnormal i just think there's some really really great opportunities there and i'd love to know what you think any challenges or additions um also really interesting hearing uh, brian talk about his previous experience within corporate where he said the whole dynamic of the workforce i was in did not have this connection um, or that people mattered. Where you work at the moment or if you're serving clients, what does that look like for you personally? How do you feel going into that organisation to do the work that you are paid to do? Do you feel that there is connection below and beyond just the job title? Do people actually matter beyond hitting the numbers? Again, I don't have the answers for you. I've It's just, uh, just a question I love to ask. And I think it's really really interesting for me personally at the moment in this space as well as I speak to many many people every week um, and as well as working full-time within my work organisation you know there is definitely a shift it's a real shift coming um, around ensuring that people do feel that they matter ensuring that people do have a voice ensuring that people are able to contribute and I think the conversations we're all having now around racism at work and in society at large necessary as that is is could be a really really powerful catalyst because people are definitely waking up um, to the need to be a lot more intentional around how we design work so uh, I'm really interested by that and finally um, when Brian shared that it's not just having a job it's contributing to something that matters and when we have that meaning attached to what how we contribute there is a different impact and energy That we can create and we can look at that as discretionary effort you can look at that as um, just really helping unleash the full human being um excuse me within your within your work setting but there is an exponential element of our humanity like this isn't something i'm going to drop down in evidence and science base you know it's just think about those opportunities those times when you felt most in flow, when you felt least resistance in your mind and with other people, how much more have you got done? You know, I have so many examples, personally, of where you know you feel you feel like actually you've only been doing something for five minutes. Maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's um, you've gone for a run or whatever, but it just feels like time expands. Uh, you know, I have that. I'm very grateful to have that. So often when I uh, go to the coast with my wife Jackie. Um, you know, we have just two days together, but it feels like we have a week off. You know, when we don't get in our own way, when we're not lowering up our thinking or being somebody that we're not, it's incredible how time expands. Um, and that therefore quite often gives a lot more energy. I've certainly found that. And I wonder wonder if you've uh experienced that yourself. Love to hear from you. Um, please find uh Brian's contact details in the show notes. You can also contact uh, Mike or myself again, our details are all in the show notes. If you want to reach me directly, again, it's Gary Turner. Your Value Through Vulnerability host boosted by uh, Humans First. Um, a reminder that we do have the Humans First calls every week, Monday EMEA time, and on Friday with Kevin Monroe, Um and also there's another conversation on Thursday as well. So lots of things to get involved with the Humans First community. It's an incredible community of open-hearted and open-minded um, leaders of all different levels, and we'd love to have you along. Um, you can always find under the events page on my uh, profile on LinkedIn, um, I often put out the current week and the following week's mea call. And we're doing a lot more co-hosting as well, um, being much more intentional about making sure that we have different voices, people with different lived experience, co-hosting these open and inclusive sessions, which are completely free of charge, really are just there for us to connect, to learn, to grow, to share in community. And hopefully that helps us all as we go through our week uh, following on Monday. So my details, if you want to reach me, you can find me at GaryIPCatalyst. That's G-A-R-R-Y-I-P-Catalyst, one word, on Twitter. You can find me at my website, GaryTurner.life. That's garry Life. And, yeah, look forward to making contact. Hope that you enjoy the conversation, and I wish you well throughout the rest of your week. Take care for now really hoping that you enjoyed that exploration on the value through vulnerability podcast you can find out much more about hexo change at hexochangenow.com that's hexochangenow one word.com you can subscribe to a weekly newsletter at that website which includes information about live stream conversations further service offerings blogs but also our in-person events of which we have multiple each year. So I really hope that you'll join us. Do connect with me, Gary Turner on LinkedIn, and I really hope to hear from you soon.